Thank you for listening to our weekly Baylife Church podcast. Make sure you visit our website, baylifechurch.org.au, where you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so that you'll never miss another message. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. How are you going this morning, church? Good? Uh, very good. Got an interesting message for you this morning. We're sort of still doing our reimagined vision, right? We, we sort of had a few deviations. I shared the first week and shared about, shared about our news and sort of got a bit deviated. Then Chris did a, a message on loving people and Robin did a, a message on reimagining your personal life, really, how you can deal with that. So I just want to backtrack just a little bit because I feel like we didn't really cover uh, some of the stuff we normally cover in Vision Sunday. Um, So uh, we'll we'll backtrack on that just a little bit. Um, Heard this story about this guy that really just wanted to get into God. He just wanted to reflect and spend some time with God. So he decided to go to a monastery and... uh, and, uh, the, you know, he signed up and went in and, and they said, okay, there were some rules here, you know. So, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm committed to do this. And so, so you can only say two words every seven years. He went, oh, gosh, I didn't realise that when I came here. And they said, yeah, well, that's the deal. You already signed up, so you're in. So seven years went past. He got to say his two words and he said, cold floor. <laughs> that was it. Another seven years went past, got to say his two words, bad food. Another seven years went past, he said, I'm out. <laughs> and the monks there said, thank goodness, all you do is complain all the time. <laughs> Got to be careful of the words we use, hey? All right, let's have a look at this. Reimagine 2021. Um, our mission is to reach and positively influence our community world by building a significant church that loves God, loves people, and loves life. And for me, that incorporates the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. In, those, in that mission statement, it, it represents both those things, you know. Therefore, go to and make disciples of all nations, you know, baptised in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, you know, with your soul. And then love your neighbour as yourself. That's, that's what those two represent in that. You know, when we were thinking about planning this church, I, I was challenged to write down what this cha- church would look like. That was in the process before, like three or four months before we even started the process. It was like God really challenged me to write down. So I wrote down these words. <clears throat> and Excuse me. <clears throat> It's the worst part of having these microphones near your mouth. Um, here's, here's a church that I saw. Church that loves God, loves people and loves life. Is outwardly focused, genuinely nurturing and encouraging children, youth, marriages, parents and families. Is dynamic, living, growing, enthusiastic and powerful. It is soft to the moving and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Is honest, relevant, real and authentic. Is committed to love, acceptance and forgiveness. Is full of life, grace, success, influence, abundance, faith, hope, and potential. Is prayer based, asking God to build his kingdom. Is leadership focused, raising up and releasing leaders. Is committed to mobilizing the believers to become disciples. 
I see a church that follows Jesus' lead and his grace every day. Now, when we wrote that <laughs> all those years ago, you know, 19 and a half years ago, I guess, um, obviously there was nothing. And even in the first few years, if you're around in those first years, few years <laughs> our church was nothing like that. It was a pretty crazy place. You know, we had lots of youth and lots of young people and lots of young families. And it was pretty pretty crazy, you know, we're setting up and pulling down every week and, and setting up and pulling down for youth and setting up and pulling down. Whatever we did, we had to set up and pull down and uh, it was lots of manpower. But I actually believe our church is a good representation of that now. I truly do believe that and I hope you see that as well. You know, not that we've made it in any way or form, not, not at all, but I feel like it's more accurate than it's ever been. Um, so here's another thing that we don't talk much about, but we give it to you in your packs when you come and all that sort of stuff. Um, our values, you know, and, and they're, they're sort of things that are assumed sometimes, but we, didn't, we don't talk about them that much. But, but here's our values, and we use the word glimpse as a, a representation of that. You know, and the first one is to grow in our relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we want you to grow. We just don't want you to flatline or, or decline. We want you to grow in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that's why I do just about everything I do. You know, that's why I'll agitate you from the front and, and bombard you and, and challenge you and, and all those things so you can grow in your relationship. That's why we have life groups. That's why we do church, you know, so you can grow in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, L, learn to love God and, and love people, love life, love one another, you know, is the way we're meant to every day. You know, invest financially and, and uh, with your time and resources into the kingdom of God to build this church. Uh, meet regularly in church service, participate in life groups or small groups, serve with your God-given gifts and evangelise, reach and positively influence our community world. <clears throat> that word evangelise is an interesting word, isn't it? And this morning I want to talk to you about reimagining evangelism or reimagining reaching this community for God. Because um, that, that's the one common thing I see through all those statements we've just read through is about our, our reaching people. It's, it's about evangelism. It's about actually making a difference in this community. It's being outward looking. And, uh, and it's truthfully something that's really difficult to lead in. You know, really, I, I've tried so many things over this 19 years to help facilitate, to, to help activate, to help us, you know, to be more like that. Now, how, how do we really reach our community and world? You know, how do we do that? It's not just like asking the church is good, but that's not the answer. I, I thought it was in the early days. I thought, no, no, everyone, just ask your friends to church and it'll be fine. And yes, it's a component of it, but it's not the whole answer, is it? Um, there has to be more to it than that. You know, how do we evangelise? That horrible, scary word. You know, and, and I must admit, I've had difficulty personally bringing application that. I tried everything I could do in the early days. You know, I played touch footy and soccer and played all different games, just trying to connect with lots of different people because we moved to the area and planned the church. And there was lots of good conversations. And we asked lots of people to church. But there wasn't that much fruit. And it's like, gosh, I don't know how to do this. Um, how do we stay outwardly focused? Because it's been shown again and again, if a church is allowed to run its natural course, it will always lean and turn inwards towards being more inward looking. Naturally, we do that. 
because it's safe and secure. And I don't have to stretch very much. I don't have to push very hard. I don't have to do much. I can just turn up on Sunday and be a bum on a seat and go home again. It's not being the church. It's nothing like being the church, you know? Um, mm. And is it the way that Jesus would want us to respond to the great commission, to the great commandment? It can't be that. It can't be that. You know, here's a, a cheeky question, I guess. Do you want to see the church, this church grow? I would say, oh, well, I wouldn't know, but say 99% of you would say yes. I have talked to people who said, no, I don't want to see the church grow. I like it as it is. You know, well, at least you're being truthful, you know? <laughs> at least you're being truthful. But it's been shown over and over again that the churches that are, that are asking people you know, into, into their, their world are the ones that are growing. And uh, got a bit of disco happening here, have we? What's going on? Get into it. <laughs> bit of groove. Um, uh, but but, but here, here's some, some questions I'll, that will further expand on this for you. Yeah, I want to see the church grow unless I have to change something. I have to change the music style or the volume of the music. Yeah, I want to see the church grow unless that has to happen. Unless we have to add more church services. My goodness sake, you have to have another church service. Why do you need another church service? Like, we, we can squeeze more people in the building, you know, we can do that. Uh, unless we have to, I lose my parking spot and it's a bit inconvenient, I have to walk a bit further. Unless I lose my seat. Someone sat in my seat last Sunday and I was so, oh, gosh. Unless the new people who come to our church look differently to us, smell differently to us, act differently to us, sound differently to us. I'm okay with the church growing as long as that doesn't happen. <laughs> Unless the people mess up our current leadership, like our, our, our community, you know, the, the love we have for each other and, and it's all beautiful and lovely and we're safe and that's not the way Jesus did life. It was not safe at all. Not safe at all, unless it's inconvenient and we have to change things and, you know, we have to do things and to accommodate the growth. I don't want that. I, you know, as long as it doesn't happen with all those things, I'm happy for the thing to grow. Well, that's not growth. <laughs> growth only happens when you are uncomfortable, when you are stretched, when there's things going on and there is a season of growth to come that will make you uncomfortable. And we need to be uncomfortable. Do you recognise yourself in any of those statements, by the way? Um, oh no, don't put up your hand. But uh, um, church growth is never comfortable. Never comfortable. It's stretching. You know, but we have to reimagine how we reach and connect with this community. That's what we need to do. Particularly in the season that we've been inward looking in these last 12 months, this COVID season where... You know, and it's appropriate, I guess, because we've been sort of just taking care of ourselves and making sure we're doing church nice each Sunday and, and all those sorts of things. And, you know, online and, and all those components we've put together. But it's time to reimagine what reaching our community actually means. It's time to reimagine what does evangelism actually mean, that scary word. And, and, and I, can I tell you my, uh, my personal experience of that? You might be saying, well, it's another church program, Greg. no. It's not. It's definitely not that. They all help, of course, and we've got some great programs that we run that are, are, are outreach, you know, that are doing really well, but it's not another program, you know. 
It's personal discipleship that's going to make the difference to this thing. You know, there's certainly nothing wrong with asking people to church. I'm not saying that at all, so please don't take that away from this this morning. But it's actually more about uh, us taking that personal responsibility to sow into someone's life. And I'll I'll show you a little bit more of that in a minute Um, because this this word evangelism is a scary word, you know. And uh, I remember being forced to do street evangelism at Bible College. And we went to Port Macquarie, and for two days, they made us walk the streets and try to evangelise in the streets. So we had to share the gospel and then ask them to the church service that we were putting on on that Sunday. I don't think one person turned up. Like, there was about 20 of us, and we're going two days full on in people's faces. And it's like, it didn't make any difference at all. And I don't know about you, but if I see those people hanging out tracks in the street, I do a long way around. I go the long version. Because I don't want it. I'm a Christian and I don't want it. So imagine what you know, the, the, the world's saying about that. You know, It's definitely not the answer, as far as I'm concerned. If I've offended anyone, tough. Um, it's the way it goes. So uh, um, I'm nearly on the way out of this place, so it's, uh, it's all good. So uh, Chris, will, Chris will work it out for you. Um, (laughs) uh, this is going to be a fun season church (laughs) Um, you know the the truth is we've asked hundreds of people to church over the years and some of them have come some have not many but some of them have come and mostly they don't stay and it's just disconcerting you go well what's going on here what am I missing and uh you know, you finally get someone to church and someone says something weird or there's, you know, something that makes you cringe and go, oh, no, not today, not today. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you just, they just don't turn up again and, and they've got all the excuses and, uh, um, you know, <laughs> all the excuses. It was because it's uncomfortable for people to come in this environment, right? If you're visiting us here this morning, I know it's uncomfortable to come to a church for the first time that you're not known and, and people don't know you. And I, I get that. I truly do. So thank you for being brave and courageous you know, to coming to church. But, you know, the, the people who have never been in church and then we inter- <laughs> bring them to church, unless the Holy Spirit smashes them, which that's possible too. But in, in the natural... I've had all the excuses. Um, There's drums in the church. There's a band in the church. What is going on? People are just too happy. I've had someone say, people are too smiley. That can't be real. Okay. How can you respond to that? You can't. It's just, okay. Um, Church service goes too long. It's too short. It's not good for my kids. It's... Like, blah, blah, blah. And you go, look, I know. I get it. That's an excuse. I get it. I understand that. But I've started this journey in this last three to four years about thinking about, well, what is evangelism? What does it mean to reach this community? What does it actually mean? I'm going to have to move reasonably quickly. But um, there was a study done, a thesis, on two different mission teams that both went to Thailand. And it's actually called Blesses versus Converters. Blesses versus Converters. Both teams went to Thailand, two distinctly different missional strategies. The converters went with the sole intention of just converting people, salvations, right? Evangelizing people. The blessers went with the intention of just blessing people. And they said, wherever God sends us, we're going to be blessing to that place and to that people. 
So after two years, here's what they discovered. First, they discovered that the blessed presence in the community resulted in a tremendous amount of social good. Not so with the converters. Nothing changed. Secondly, and this is surprising, the blessers actually had 50 times as many conversions as the converters. The converters had two conversions in two years. These guys had 100, 50 times more. The blessers helped 50 times more people find their way to God in, in, in the Thai, Thai culture, which is, is not really Christian at all. And the bottom line of that is to accomplish a mission to reach our community to make a difference in this place, we need to be blessers of people. We need to bless people. So the question we need to ask ourselves is, how do we utilise that information? How do we, uh, in a very practical way that's theologically correct, that's, that's bless people around us, that's not out there, it's just like, no, this is what God's called us. How do we bless the people in our world? And I've just read a book recently that's been utilising that sort of information um, and he's been doing this in his own church for four to five years. His name's uh, Pastor Dave Ferguson in the States and he's reckoned some really practical things for the church. So from here on it's going to be really practical, okay? And I'm going to walk, work through these pretty quickly. Um, uh, basically, it, it's an acronym of BLESS and uh, they're really practical, missional practices allotted to each of those letters. And the reason I want to share this because I just believe sometimes that word reimagine doesn't mean much. It doesn't bring much change. It's just like, that's a nice word. And, and I want this to be really practical. How do we reimagine? How do we reach this place? How do we reimagine evangelism? What does that actually mean? You know? And, and so I, I want to look at that. Um, let me start with this before I get into that. That uh, this whole thing is built around the understanding that it's God's strategy for changing the world, for making a difference, for reaching people in our world, has always been a blessing strategy. Let me show you out of, out of Genesis 1. That's uh, Genesis 12, sorry. The start of the Bible. Um, Genesis 12, verses 2 to 3. God says this, I'll make you, and this is to Abraham, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Blessed to be a blessing. So God's blessed Abraham, blessed him financially, blessed him spiritually, blessed him relationally. Um, he blessed him not just so he's blessed, but so he is a blessing. And the same is same, exactly the same principle is for us as followers of Christ. The same blessing is available for us, but the same uh, requirement, I guess, to bless others is, is what we're meant to do, uh, to um, accomplish Jesus' mission here on earth. You know, Luke 10 talks about Jesus when he sent the 72 out, two by two. And it's very clear in, in, in Luke 10 about how he does that. He says, you know, Bless the house as you go into it. I won't give you the whole thing because I haven't got time, but, but bless that house when you go in there. You know, Serve them, um, pray for them, and then share the gospel with them. It's very clear in the, those uh, about four or five verses in, in Luke 10. So here's five simple ways to bless our neighbours. Um, and it still seem too simple. You'll think, I know all that. Yeah, you do, but are you doing it? Are you, are you proactive and intentionally doing that? Um, please don't dismiss that just based on that. Now, I actually have got some cards here. I'm going to pass those around because they're fridge magnets. Bronnie and, and I think Tiana might have stuck fridge magnets 
on the back of these cards. I want you to put these on your fridge. So everyone take one because I want you to make this a part of your everyday life. And just while they're being around, I'll keep talking. So, uh, um, But the first one is for B, for bless, is begin with prayer. Had a stretch to get that one, huh? Because, you know, begin with prayer. But, but begin with prayer. We need to start with prayer in every situation. Prayer is how we discover our mission. Prayer is how we complete our mission. And Jesus prayed all the time. I don't know if you realise this. He would go out and pray all night to do one miracle. We think we just have to pray for seconds and we can do miracles all day. No, Jesus didn't do that. Why could we do that? You know, we need to be praying and praying and praying. Pray at the start of the day. Pray for, for the people you're going to interact with during that day. Pray for the people as you walk the streets. Pray for the people as you drive your car. Pray for people as you watch the news. Pray as you sit at work. Pray as you talk to your friends. Pray as you play sport even. You know, I know that's hard, but pray for people then. People that you go to school with. People you go to university with. People you interact with on a day. Pray for them by name. Write their name down. Pray for them. Bless them. You know, number six is so clear on that. You know, because the Lord says to Moses, this is how you go to bless your people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And they'll be blessed. We need to bless people. Pray for them. Pray for them. Bless someone this week by praying for them. Bless someone this week by praying for them. I want you to ask God, how do you want me to bless the people in the places and the, the, the places you put me, the places I'm going, the place you're sending me? Begin with prayer. I'm going to flash this up really quick because I haven't got time really to read through it. But here's, a, here's, here's some, some ways. If you're not sure, not, what, not sure what to pray, let my words come out, Greg. Not sure what to pray. Here's some scriptures that you can write. Take a photo of it. I can send you the, the screen if you want. But there's some scriptures you can pray. You know, Pray that John Smith will become thirsty for God. Pray that the Father will draw John Smith to Jesus. Pray that John Smith will become open to God's truth. Pray that he'll become receptive to God's grace. Pray that she'll become, uh, will clearly experience God's love. And there's the scriptures for that. Um, just leave that up for a minute just as I keep talking. So people can look, take photos or whatever. You need to begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. It's all based on prayer. That's the foundation. That's the prayer foundation. Next one is listen. Yeah, well, that's not very spiritual, Greg. Yes, it is. It is so spiritual. You know, Christians are known for talking. Yeah. We need to be known for listening. We've given two of these and one of these for that particular reason. We're supposed to listen at least twice as much as we talk. Unfortunately, we think we've got to talk twice as much to catch up, to make up for the two of these and only one of those. No, no, don't do that. You know, consider a doctor with a stethoscope. You know, listening precedes healing. Listening precedes healing. See, a doctor asks all sorts of questions. He may already or she may already have an assumption about what might be going on with you but they ask all sorts of questions, unless you're in those bulk ones that just shoot you through. And, and, but, but basically, you know, they want to know all the details, all the info, all the stuff, so that they don't miss anything that may impact your health and your healing outcome. Asking questions then really listening for the answers is what we're meant to do as Christians, as followers of Christ. Not, not making assumptions about people, because I know I've done that. You know, some, some, you look at someone, you go... 
You put them in a category straight away and go, I know that person because that's the sort of look for that person. And you get into their life and you find all the circumstances that they battled through and you go, wow, I would expect you to be in way worse condition than you look right now. And, and so we need to be listening to people, be open to people, be, have empathy for people, you know, just, just be in people's lives and, and listen. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard. And Jesus asked so many questions. If you look at, he hardly answered any questions, by the way. Uh, yeah, he hardly did that at all, but he asked so many questions. I think 300 I worked out that he asked. And, and so we need to get good at asking questions. Now, here's some practical stuff again. Um, there's, there's some helps for listening. If you aren't good at listening and you go, I don't know how to do it, well, here's some areas of questions you can ask people when you're trying to listen. Uh, the first one's history. Tell me a story. Second one's heart. What's your favourite thing? Whatever. Restaurant, food, team, holiday destination, whatever that is. Um, habits. What are you into? What do you like to do? What do you do with your free time? You know, ask them questions that are related to these, these things. Hurts. You know, how are you doing with such and such? How are you going with that? How's that happening? Not so you can give your opinion, by the way. See, often people will ask questions and then they go, before they even listen to the answer, they give their opinion of that. Not for that. It's actually to listen with these and with this. What is going on with this person? What, how, how can I bless this person? How can I really find what's going on with this person? Listen. Bless someone this week by listening to them. Stop the noise. Stop the phone. Stop the whatever else is going on and just listen to them. See, people feel loved when you listen to them. They do. It's one of the highest forms of, of building relationships is when people listen. Listen. They communicate so much. Okay. Next one's eat. And everyone loves to eat, right? There's something special about sharing a meal with somebody. I don't know if you find that, but it's just there's, some, there's a bond that's built in the process of doing life, doing meals with people. Inviting someone to grab lunch or breakfast or a coffee is a great way to discover where people are at in their lives, um, where they're winning, where they're losing, where they're hurting. Bless somebody this week by eating with them. Now, here's the interesting thing. We all eat at least two or three times a day, Right? We all do that. It doesn't have to be a, a, a huge uh, banquet that you ask someone to. It's just like, no, whatever you're eating, like whatever, you, whatever it is, as meagre as it may seem, it's not about the actual food. It's actually about the act of communing together around food and, and having those discussions. You know, um, I'll tell you something. You know, we, we did this personally last week, finally. There's a couple moved into our street um, a little while ago, and uh, we, we've been saying that since they moved in, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have you down for dinner or a barbecue or, or whatever. And, um, and they said that we had them for dinner the other night, and they said, Oh, we've been here for three years. I went, Three years? You're joking. It can't be three years. It's like, Yep, it's three years. It's like, Oh my gosh, that's terrible. But, you know, we, we, we got to hear some of their story. We were able to sit around the dinner table. We had soup and bread and a little bit of wine as well, just for communion, of course. And, um, and uh, you know, we were able to really talk to them. It was, it was only the start, the starting point, but we built a foundation of relationship with them. So the next time we meet, I already know about their kids, their grandkids, their 
problem, like issues with some of those, and, and so I've got somewhere to start next time. You know, you just got to listen to people. Jesus' ministry on earth, eating was so central to the way he did that. Yeah. Everywhere he was with people, he hung with people around food, whether it was discipleship or those people that no one else liked. You know, he'd have a meal with them. If you look at the book of, uh, book of Luke, 10 times he, he's eating with people, he's dining with people, he, he's talking with various people, tax collectors, sinners, all sorts of people. And, and you know, even the Pharisees call him a, a glutton and a drunkard, I think. And uh, just because of the type of people he was eating with, you know, I'd be happy if I got called a drunkard and a, a glutton, really, you know, if you're eating with those sorts of people because you're reaching people that, that aren't in, in this world, yeah. you know? And, and we need to do this, of course. But who do you need to invite to have a coffee, a meal, a breakfast, a dinner this week? Who are you going to eat with? You have to be intentional, you see? You, you do a lot of meals in any week. Potentially 21, you know, 15 to 21 meals. Surely you can share one of those with somebody without being too inconvenient. Next one, serve. You know, when we interact with others by listening to them, eating with them, we learn what's going on in their lives and we hear the need. We hear what's going on in their lives and we work out where we can actually serve them, where their place of need is so we can serve them. Bless someone this week by serving them. See, we're not told, we're told to serve them, not to save them. Can, can you hear me? It's not our job to save them. That's, that's the God. That's job's God. That's Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. Not our job to save them. It's to serve them. It's to relate to people, not to rescue them. It's not a rescue mission. It's getting to know them, who they are. You know? Gosh. Even Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, said, I came to serve, not to be served. One of the key functions as followers of Christ is to serve those around us. You know, when Jesus, one of his parting act was he served his, his, the disciples. You know, he, he washed their feet. And if you read John 13 verses 12 to 17, which I intended to, but I'm not going to now, um, it all finishes with this. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Verse 17. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Serve, serve, serve. Yes, it's inconvenient, I know. Serve someone at least once a week. Try to try, put a, that little blessed word on the fridge and try to do one of those things at least once a week. Once a day if you can, but once a week if, you, if you're struggling with time. And the last one, share. Once we've uh, built the foundation, put the foundation in place by praying, by listening, by eating, by serving... You sort of earn the right to share your story with them. You know, you've earned the right to, to share your faith story. Bless someone this, by, this week by sharing your story with them. And, and if you haven't done this before, it's not hard, but there are some bits you need to probably include in the story. Uh, it might be that what my life before Jesus was like, don't spend a lot of time on that, just tell them it was awful. You know, how, how I met Jesus. Well, you know, that's the truth. None of us got here because our life was fantastic beforehand, right? Yeah. Really? It was like, no, no, I was looking for something. I was searching. For, I, what I was doing wasn't fulfilling me. What, where I was was just not, I knew, I knew there was more. There had to be more than life than, than what we're currently in. 
And that's where our journey starts, you know? Then how I met Jesus and my life since I met Jesus. Whatever form that takes, make sure you can articulate that in a short time frame, you know, maybe three to five minutes perhaps. Um, write it down. Keep it real. Don't, don't try and use any religious language or anything like that. Just, just re- be real. Just be real. And, 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 and ask the Holy Spirit to breathe on it as you're, as you're, as you're saying it. Just like, God, help me here. Holy Spirit, just give me the words. But, but even practice it if you need to. Like, that's okay. So begin with prayer. Listen. Uh, eat. Serve. Share your story. Put that card that you've got this morning on your fridge to remind you every day to try and do something. Um, now, let me say, this isn't a quick answer. This isn't like Church Growth 101 or anything like that. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not about that. It's not about that. As we make a difference in our world, this might take years for you, you know, like the couple we've we're just started to, to reach out to. We've been talking to them in the street. Hey, how you going? Nice boat. See you later. Have a good day. Like, that's fine. But, but this is actually... More than that now. There's a relationship we've got with them. We've got you know, some, some foundation to keep building on. Um, but this will take time. It just does. And, and, and one day I'd love to say to you that I, I led to the Lord. And, and that, but that'll be very natural. That won't be forced. That'll be, once they've heard our story, go, wow, I get that. I understand. I understand that. And who knows what, what can come out the other side. But it doesn't matter how long or short the process is. That's not what it's about. It's that our mission as followers and disciples of Christ is to bless those around us. Jesus' mission has to be taken at a very personal level for each and every one of us to make the difference we're meant to make as the church. See, it's a little heavy when you think about it. Because we're talking about eternity, all eternity. And we want to get it in their face and tell them, you're stupid, you're going to hell. But it won't make much difference. And, and the, the, the principle here, the strategy, is God's strategy to bless people. And then they lean into, why are they doing this? They're different. There's something, there's something else going on here. I want to know more. And they start to lean into that. Let me pray to finish. Father, we thank you, God, for your spirit here this morning, Lord. God, I pray, God, you impress on each and every one of us, God, that we are meant to bless those around us, God. That their simple principles, their simple applications of your word and the way you, you operate on this earth, God, through Jesus. And I pray in Jesus' name that we take these things to heart that we begin to pray for people like we've never be prayed before. We start to listen to people as we've never listened before. That we take this thing seriously about eating with people and we start to invite all sorts of crazy people into our lives and have meals with them and sit with them and serve them, God. And, and at some stage, God, that we get the opportunity to share our story, our faith story, our, our story that how we got to be where we are as followers of Christ. Not to try and rescue them, God, just to relate to them. Father, let us be a church like that. God, and here this morning, you know, you might have wandered in here thinking, 
it's a good place to go on a Sunday. Probably not, but you know, that, that's the way it goes. Sometimes you just turn up here through coincidence or whatever. Or maybe you've been coming for a while and you just go, look, just not, it's not making a difference here, you know. And, and maybe it's a chance to step into what God is saying here this morning through this, this blessing principle. But maybe there's, there's an opportunity to, to ask uh, Jesus into your heart that in a way that you maybe had never done before because it, it says clearly in the word, you know, we have to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord. So here's an opportunity if you're watching online, if you're watching on here this morning, you know, you just got to confess it, that Jesus is Lord of your life. You don't even understand it completely, but there's something in you that wants more. You know there is. So you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You say the sinner's prayer. You know, Jesus, I need you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done for me on the cross. That you died on the cross. Thank you for all that you've done for me. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. I want to follow you with everything I've got. In Jesus' name. It's such an easy prayer, but it makes all the difference, that commitment in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, let's put it together this morning. Thanks, guys.